0: The next guest of Shooter's Touch is someone that we've been following from day one of the podcast. We've always known we wanted to have him on as a guest, and now we finally have that opportunity. He was born right here in Davenport, Iowa, moved to Illinois, where he spent most of his high school playing career. Made a trip down to Birmingham, Alabama, where he played three years for UAB. Transferred up here to Drake to play for the Bulldogs for his last year of college, and now he is a professional basketball player out in L.A. I'm talking about the one, the only, Nick Norton. We had a really fun conversation with Nick about all the trials and tribulations of the injuries he's had, how he's come back, where his mind was at when he came back from those injuries, and everything else from the AAU circuit to other sports that he played in high school. We really hope you enjoy this conversation. If you do, please give us a five-star rating wherever you catch your podcast. Here it is, Nick Norton on the Shooter's Touch.
1: What's up, Shooters? Welcome back to another episode. We're super excited about our episode tonight. Uh have a, have a fun guest coming up here for us. Uh, Adam, how are things going on your end tonight?
0: Everything's going great. You're exactly right, Brian. We uh, um, have been following our guest tonight for a while, um, you know, since he uh, he came to the Bulldogs last year and um, you know through the injuries and stuff like that. But uh, we're excited to get in here. A hey, welcome bit more to
1: the How are you doing tonight, bud?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Like uh, like Adam said, we've we've obviously been paying attention and excited uh, when this opportunity came up and I'm glad to get going here. Um, hey, for, for starters, let our listeners know a little bit um, ourselves as well. We obviously done a little bit of research, but we, we kind of like to go off the cuff here. Tell us a little bit about growing up where you're from. Um, did you play some other sports? What, what was the high school days like for Nick Norton?
2: Yeah, so I claim uh, Bloomington, Illinois as my home. Uh, I was born in Davenport, Iowa, and then moved to Illinois. My dad took an assistant woman's job at Illinois State when I was in second grade. So I spent most of my time from second to eighth grade in uh, Bloomington, uh, watching the Missouri Valley, growing up in the Missouri Valley Conference and going to a bunch of games. Um, and then going into my high school freshman year, uh, the coaching staff, my dad's coaching staff took the job at Missouri. And so at the time, my, uh, sister was going to be a senior in high school. So she actually stayed back in Bloomington and finished her senior year with my mom at central Catholic. And my dad and I went to Missouri, uh, Columbia was a blast. Um, that's when I really got into basketball, uh, up until that point, I was playing basketball and baseball. And when I moved to Columbia, um, uh, I wanted to get on a good AAU program. And in order to do that, I had to give up baseball. So I, I started playing with Kansas city pump and run. It's now Kansas city run GMC, a uh, great AAU program. And, Just really fell in love with the game of basketball and being in uh, the SEC. The uh, the first year was still Big 12 and then um, went to the SEC. And uh, just seeing these guys play at a high level um, on a daily basis, going into that practice gym, having access to witness these guys train and work out and see what it takes to get to that level (laughs) was was something I – really dedicated myself to do
1: and so yeah that was uh, so a lot of fun yeah so baseball a little bit growing up mm-hmm. yeah anything else or was it just was baseball and basketball just kind of your two things
2: um kind of my two things i did uh <laughs> i played football for one year and I it was like fourth or fifth grade tackle football and i ended up getting injured i broke a finger and um got I had to get it casted up, and my dad was like, "Do you love this sport?" I was like, "No." And he was like, "Well, this injury is taking you away from your other sports that you love, so you might want to hang that up." <laughs> so that was my only year of football. so that's,
0: that's a good uh way to I to I guess you know, kind of think about it because you know we <clears throat> I guess you know, Brian Brian and I both played multiple sports too, and um, you know, I don't know about you, Brian, but fortunately, I never got injured with uh, during other sports. So it never took away from my real love, which was basketball. But, um, uh, you always kind of worry about that. Yeah. I mean, if it's one thing that, you know, your, you know, your, your future is in basketball or, or we might say baseball too. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's not very smart to continue with that, but, you know, at the same time, it's, uh, um, helps you out with your, you know, with your, with your future in basketball, I'm sure too. But, uh,
1: interesting story that uh, your dad put it that way. I've never really heard it explain that way either spoken like a true coach is what that sounds like
2: yeah exactly i I hung up my football cleats really fast after that
1: what was it so tell me what was it like having obviously your dad coaching at a high level um as a young kid Mm -hmm. um you know both both adam and i our dads did coaching at different different degrees not to that level um and so there's obviously a, a, a natural gym rat that comes out of that but uh you know what were some of the advantages and maybe disadvantages of having having your dad coaching at such a high level at at a young age
2: um the advantage was having a gym gym space whenever i wanted um at a young age he he taught all uh myself and my three siblings how to act in the gym while practice is going on um so that we could come to practice and shoot on the sidelines during live action and once he was talking or uh, at the time, Robin Pitchin, the head coach, she was talking that we were not allowed to dribble. <laughs> um, so we learned basketball etiquette really fast in order to go to the practices. But always having that gym space was key. Um, we didn't have to pay for a YMCA or a uh, a membership anywhere, LA Fitness, some, anything like that. We always had a, a spot to go to. And then one of the best coaches is uh, – to teach us the game and that's my dad. And so that was a very beneficial growing up through that. Um, Another advantage was being in the gym with my siblings. Uh, All three of them play college basketball. Um, So that was another, it gave us time together and uh, to work on our craft and me being the youngest, I got to learn a lot from them. Uh, You know, I I don't really see a lot of disadvantages in it um, just because our family's all about basketball. We love the sport. We love everything that comes with it the travel, the the stresses uh, of the seasons, and everything that comes with it. And uh, our mom, uh, Claire, uh, she was the, the glue to our family. She kept everyone together, got everyone to practices and games, and uh, she's the true heart of our family. For sure. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the, uh, you know, your younger years remembering uh, or learning basketball etiquette when somebody was talking in the gym, you you held the ball. Uh, when, my, when my dad was coaching, he coached uh, high school girls basketball. And me and my little brother, I mean, I can remember countless times where we had just shot the ball and the coach blew the whistle, and we'd go sprinting after that ball as yeah. fast as we
2: could, so it didn't,
0: <laughs> so it didn't bounce when it wasn't supposed to. Man, that's a that's that's a good memory for sure for me. Uh, well.
2: yeah, um, yeah, that happened plenty of times.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's maybe dive into AAU ball here real real okay. quick. Um, what uh, I mean, you mentioned your team name and everything. Were you on the same team um, all four years of of high school, or when did you start with the AAU ball?
2: Yeah, so when I moved uh, going into my freshman year, I didn't play AAU. Uh, I practiced that summer with uh, Kansas City uh, Pump and Run because uh, they were 15, 16, and 17 U. Gotcha. I was still 14. Uh, but they let me come for the summer practices and uh, learn from them and, and uh, you know, practice and get to know those guys Knowing that next summer I'd be able to be on that team, so I played all three years with uh, the same AU program. Now, did you uh, were you traveling a lot with that AU? No, I, I didn't travel. Um, gotcha. Just we had a couple guys from Columbia, my high school team, and then uh, a couple other high schools in Columbia who played for that same uh, Kansas City Pump and Run. So we all traveled together to Kansas City practices. So I just caught a ride, and um, just for practice, I literally just practiced that whole summer, no games in AAU. So interesting. When you yeah. did,
0: uh, when you did finally get, um, when you did finally get to play,
2: um, how much, how much
0: traveling was there on that team?
2: Uh, it was a lot. Uh, we would do a couple tournaments in uh, April and May, uh, and then back then it was like the whole month of July. Uh, I know they've cut down or cut back uh, in the recent years with how many days they're out, but uh, we were out probably three out of the four weeks in July going spot to spot, and then we'd also have a week, like the first week would be, um, we call it boot camp in Kansas City, so we were basically gone almost all the summer, and then June, obviously, we were with our high school team, so it was just really no time for other sports in my opinion um even though I would have liked to play some baseball but I was really dedicated to that AAU program high school basketball and put a lot of
1: time into that. Speaking of your high school team then you ended up you got a state championship out of the deal correct?
2: Yeah I did yeah so uh we were in Columbia for three years and uh Never won a state championship. We got to the state tournament, Final Four. Um, and my junior year in Columbia at Rockbridge, uh, the game before going into um, regionals, uh, I went down with my first ACL. And then, uh, so I missed the playoffs. And then that summer, my dad took the UAB job. And We had a decision to make whether to go down to Alabama for my senior year, stay in Columbia for my senior year, or my parents gave me a third option, and that was to go back to Bloomington and uh, graduate with all my childhood friends that I grew up with and play basketball with the guys I grew up with, and that's where I won my state championship, so that senior year was just incredible.
1: Wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, so... So you play how many high school teams? Then did you end up playing for just the two, just Columbia? Yeah,
2: just two. Yeah, Columbia and uh, bloomington Central Catholic.
1: And and then just so the the one knee injury in high school, right? Is that was that it?
2: Yeah, that was my very first
1: one, uh, junior year. And that was yeah. and we got to keep track here. We got to run. We have a little running tally <laughs> here on these knee injuries. So this is yeah. what, what knee is this one in high school? That was my right knee. Your right one. Okay. Yeah. So, then you go to Bloomington, um, Mm -hmm. you graduate, and then you decide to go down and join your dad, or at least in the area, right? Because you go to UAB out Mm -hmm. of high school. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So, before... Yeah, you keep going.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, how did that come about? Was it something... Was it kind of a no-brainer, or was there a courting process, or, or what did that look like?
2: Okay, so, I committed to Creighton University my sophomore year of high school, and after my knee injury junior year, uh, I had a couple talks with the coaching staff and it was just in both interests, uh, for them and myself to, uh, decommit and, um, just, and, and, and move on. And so when I went to Bloomington for my senior year, I didn't have a lot of, I had actually had zero offers really. Um, coming off the knee injury, no more A. I missed my 17-U AAU season, so I couldn't get any looks then. So it was basically all on the line for that senior year and uh, reaching out to the coaches to come watch. And uh, we were actually in the state tournament. I had offers from Bradley and uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And I thought it was like, going to be really cool the state tournament was held at at uh, Bradley Stadium and I was thinking about what if I were to commit while at the state tournament and the night before my state game I got a call from coach hass from UAB saying he's going to come and watch me play so he came to the uh semifinals game and we had a good talk ended up receiving an offer and then right after the season I took a visit and uh on my visit I got to I hadn't seen my dad in a uh, couple months because we were both in season and so it was a it was a really cool moment I committed on my visit and then it was we just went from there wow that's that's pretty incredible um when
0: you so so who was the coach uh at Creighton when you committed there
2: Darren DeVries. Ah. he was the assistant who, uh, the assistant, who, okay, who first found uh, me, yeah. And then was was Alden head coach there? Uh, McDermott,
0: McDermott was okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so down in Alabama, um, I mean, obviously, you know, we can look up your stats and everything, but uh, you know, had a had a had a good career down there. Um, mm. And then so go through, you know, all those seasons, and then. Um, how did how – did, you know, how did the teams you were on shape out when you were down there? Um, I talk a little bit about that.
2: So, yeah, so freshman year we brought in six freshmen. Um, we were a young group but had some key veterans on the team. And uh, we had an up-and-down non-conference. We played a really tough schedule. We got we – went to Battle of Atlantis and got smoked by Wisconsin – uh, got beat by Florida, and then we got beat by UCLA. So it was a, it was a big wake-up call right from the get-go. That was the Thanksgiving tournament. So it was like our third, fourth, and fifth game of the season. I also played North Carolina that year in, at their place. Yeah, uh, I think it was a uh, 34-point difference, and um, – It was just rough non-conference, and
0: that's a gauntlet right there. I was gonna say those are four perennial schools right there that you had to play. Jeez. Yeah,
2: it was tough. Coach, after that one. (laughs) Yeah, it was tough, and then uh, we got to conference, and we just started clicking. Um, Our young guys started, you know, maturing, and our chemistry was getting better each and every game. And uh, we got to the conference tournament, and. You know, it just we got we put three games back to back to back, and before we knew it, we were dancing. And that year, we we got the 14 seed playing Iowa State, who's the 3 seed, and uh, we broke a lot of people's brackets by upsetting them, which was a surreal moment. Um, it was awesome, uh, something I always wanted to get back to and never could. Uh, but I'll never forget that year. Uh, that was, that was, yeah.
1: yeah, that was, that was quite the team, quite the win, obviously, you know, being um, here from Iowa, I'm a Hawkeye, so that, that, uh, I actually enjoyed that game, <laughs> probably about as much yeah. as you did, I was, was actually teaching at the time, and uh was teaching fifth grade, and had, had that game on in my classroom for all the students oh, and myself awesome. to watch, so it was, Yeah, that was that was quite the game, quite the experience that definitely most of my colleagues didn't share the same enthusiasm that I did with that (laughs) outcome. But
2: Yeah. It was it was awesome. Um, even though that probably was one of my worst games in my college career was still (laughs) unbelievable. Yeah, it was rough. It was a rough
1: game.
0: Um, Wins a win.
2: Yeah, exactly. Especially in the tournament.
1: You made up for it yeah. uh, when you were in the blue and white. You got a double double against the Cyclones. Yeah, Beric, there we so go. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll take that anyway. Yeah. So that was yeah. that was freshman year, correct? And then
2: mm-hmm. yeah, freshman year. Sophomore year, we were preseason favorites. Uh, set the record for most wins in a season in UAB. Uh, won the conference, and then our first game in the conference tournament, we got upset by the eight seed. Um, so that was a tough pill to swallow. We all thought we were going back to back and then got put in that, uh, NIT and we had to go to BYU, which was an incredible experience. Their atmosphere, their gym atmosphere was awesome. Uh, one of the best places I've played in. And, uh, unfortunately we lost that game and had to move on and going into the junior year. I, uh, Spent a lot of time in the weight room. Uh, We were were hungry after the NIT loss. We had a great group coming back, and uh, I felt like I was at my very best. It was was my first, really, summer of focusing on myself and my game and getting better at my craft. And the very first game, I went down within 11 minutes um, with the second ACL. That was on my right leg as well. And I was just, it was tough. It was a tough year. Uh, We definitely underperformed and uh, spent a lot of time rehabbing in in the weight room and getting back right. But that was definitely um, one of the tougher years in college. And then finally got back right, had another surgery on my right leg or right knee to Clean up some cartilage, take out some of my plica, right before the season happened uh, for my redshirt junior year, and we just had a, you know, an okay season. Um, didn't perform as as well as we thought we were going to, uh, but then uh, our our team kind of just at the end of the year, we all were going separate ways. We had four transfers that year and then the two guys that I came in with and my one of them was my roommate for all four years they were graduating and I thought this was going to just be a perfect time for me to look somewhere else and uh, and get a fresh and new start uh for my redshirt senior year and uh now I ended up at Drake.
0: So how did that um how did that all uh come about can you walk us through that like you know were you you decided to make a move and then are you are you reaching out to coaches then or do you enter you know everybody talks about the transfer portal right now um and then coaches reach out to you or how did how did that process start and then walk us through that a little bit
2: yeah so at the end of the season um it was tough it was a really tough decision especially with my parents being down in birmingham um but i just felt like personally i needed a new spot to go to um, and so I entered the transfer portal. I talked to the UAB coaches and, and the uh, athletic director and entered the transfer portal. And then a lot of it goes through my AU coach uh, that I had back in high school. He, I still keep in touch with him today. And he helped me a lot. He made a lot of phone calls. And uh, I'd usually go through him or straight to me. And coaches just started calling and texting and seeing if I can make these visits. It happens so fast because once the season's over, they want you – I mean, there's like a maybe two months to make your decision with a grad transfer because all these teams are trying to get their roster set for that summer. And um, so I tried to set up some visits. I had a, a big list, and I narrowed it down to a couple schools. I uh, took a visit to Missouri State. And then I had lined up uh, Drake and then Ohio State. I had those three lined up, and then I was deciding on the last two. And um, I was in talks with Purdue and Minnesota and Ole Miss, Loyola, and you and I. I mean, and I in the back of my head, and I talked to my family the whole throughout the whole process. I was like, I'm gonna take all five visits. I'm gonna like listen to everyone make sure i'm making the right decision i took the missouri state visit flew directly to des moines and on my second day with uh degrees i committed in his office and we just went went from there
1: that's that's awesome obviously you guys had that relationship prior um mm-hmm. when you're in high school and I, I we've heard the stories too and obviously anyone um you know, around this area that follows Drake and kind of understands that that transition with coach DeBreeze to Drake. But I know that uh, obviously you were the big target. Um, you were the one that uh, he really wanted to bring in. Obviously having that relationship, I think helped. But uh, so once you, once you making that, that commit, obviously you were going all in w- with mostly on coach because the roster was pretty mm-hmm. thin, but they knew if they got you, then might be able to tag a few guys. And so, what did, the, what did those next couple weeks look like with, with bringing in some of those other transfers?
2: Uh, it, was, it was hectic, um, but it was a lot of fun because uh, I got to be in the conversation. I got to listen to DeVries and Woodley. At the time when I committed, it was just Coach DeVries, Coach Woodley, and, and Matt Gatons on staff. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. I've known all three for a long time. Uh, Matt Gaines played AAU basketball with my brother growing up with um, the Martin Brothers. And then Coach Woodley actually played for my dad in high school. So I've known Coach Woodley for a long time. And then obviously the DeVries connection with Creighton. And, uh, and that was part of the reason why I committed. It played a huge part in it. And during my one-on-one talk with DeVries, he basically just lined out the plan Said so this is who we're going after. This is what we're going to do. Um, I can't make any promises, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna put the best team out there and surround you with the best guys uh, to win a championship. And I put my full trust in him. And before you knew it, this uh, DJ committed, the twins committed, Brady committed, Liam committed, and it's just one after the other. And uh, come June. The first week of June, I can't remember which day we were all there on campus and ready to go. So So
0: you were in in all of those conversations, you said, you know, uh, with with all those people coming in and offering scholarships and saying, hey, this is what we're going
2: to
0: do. I'm already committed, stuff like that. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So at the time um, I took a visit on my visit, Brady Ellingson was there as well. Um, so we had a conversation I had a good feeling that he was going to commit and then DeVries told me about the twins he, they were going to go see him and then they're like there's also another player at the Juco uh the same Juco his name's DJ Wilkins great guard he didn't play last year but we think he has a chance to be really special and then Liam Robbins was also on my visit and uh he played at Assumption, so we had we had ties there. That's where my dad used to coach, and yeah, so it was it was great conversation. It was it was a lot of fun. The journey was incredible, and uh, I'm glad everything just worked out the way it did.
1: Yeah, it's definitely quite the quite the whirlwind there for our, for everybody. Obviously, when Darren took the job and just kind of the short timeline of putting <laughs> not only putting a staff together, but then putting a team together, and um, you know we've had we we had Nick McGlinn on here already. So we kind of know a little bit of that story starting out, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he credits you as a big part too, as far as right. I mean, literally from day one, you know, going in there and the first time you guys all got together writing on the whiteboard saying basically championship or bust. um, Where'd that come from? Where'd that that confidence, (laughs) where did did that leadership kind of come from when, I mean, you're just meeting these guys and it's, it's, it's the first time you meet, it's go time.
2: Yeah. Well, that was that was one of the reasons why I committed to Drake. I felt like it was an opportunity for for me to step up in a big way, to be a leader, um, to be that voice in that locker room. I actually remember writing that on the board. It was, it was after one summer workout. I was like, why did I really come here? And uh, so I wrote up on the board, MVC Champs 2018-2019. And it stayed there the whole year, just right in the corner, And, um, you know, those guys in the locker room, Brady and McGlynn really stepped up. Uh, McGlynn was a heck of a leader and, uh, you know, he, he, man, he really wore out that Jersey for Drake. He, he gave everything he had day in and day out and just seeing those guys, uh, being able to get that championship without me on the, was on the floor was special, um, because we were all in it together and it is a lot of fun seeing those guys perform the way they do.
0: And you kind of just referenced it to Nick, but, you know, having a, having a really good year, uh, you know, the team starting off great record, um, you know, you yourself, I guess, personally, you know, running through the numbers here are having one of your better years in college. Yeah. Um, yeah. You no. Know, sure. And then you're, you know, you, you start conference play, um, you know, travel, travel to Evansville, um mm-hmm. and walk us through that game what went through your mind after that and um you know it'll let us in on that a little bit
2: yeah um you know it was just one of those days I, I just didn't feel 100 no, percent nothing like hurt or anything I just didn't feel like myself um and looking back on it I was like maybe that is a, just maybe just a coincidence or something but no, I was really excited uh, to start conference. That's what we were all there for, to win that conference t- um, championship. And, you know, that was our first game to really set the tone for how the the season was going to uh, go throughout the conference. And, yeah, just, I just made a basket cut, uh, received a pass from Antonio, and made a cut that I've made hundreds of times before in my life, and for some reason uh the left ACL just went out and I, I heard the pop I felt the pain I knew instantly right away I uh called the, I, I waved I waved the breeze over and our, our trainer and they're doing the test and I just looked at the breeze. I was like it's done mm-hmm. and uh, I just knew right away so that it was tough it, it was really tough because I I spent a lot of time in that offseason uh to uh to perform the way I had been that year and I wanted to finish out that whole season and help those guys get a win uh, championship, but still being a part of it, I mean it was definitely worth going there.
1: Yeah, I tell you, so, you know, kind of rewinding a little bit and I if I remember vividly watching that too. I had that game up on the computer and there was a no contact I mean you cut down the lane and yeah. And uh, you could tell uh just that you had been there done that like you said Mm -hmm. it was it was really no question to you you can see it on your face from from the second that happened and and i think everybody else kind of knew what the situation was and um you know going back i remember you know coming into this coming into that year and um watching you guys out in the las vegas tournament um oh yeah and that just that championship game i remember vividly watching that and being like you know what one, I was like, this Nick Norton kid can really play the game of basketball. He's fun to watch. I'm <laughs> um, like, and two, I'm like, this this team has all the right pieces. I'm like, they have a guard mm-hmm. that can attack and slash. They have a shooter. They have a big man. They have athletic guys on the wing. Like, I was super excited after you guys went out to Vegas and and won that um, won that tournament and had such high hopes. And you know, like I mentioned, the double double against Iowa State, but. uh you know i guess most specifically too is i want to talk a little bit about maybe your career game and your career night in in that game against uh ndsu uh up in minneapolis take us through that
2: oh at the the viking stadium uh yeah, that was a lot of little progress.
1: little prelude to maybe playing in the final four up there is that what you were thinking yeah. walking out on that
2: exactly <laughs> exactly we we walked out there for shade around and it was like hey this where we're going to be in April or end of, yeah. end of March, you know? Uh, but yeah, that was a really fun game, high scoring game. Uh, it's funny because I had no idea what my stats were like. Uh, I do remember that my three point, I, I was just really upset of the way I was shooting the three point um, field goal that, that game. I think I ended up two of eight, but it was like late in the second half, maybe under the four minute media timeout and, got back on the court and we were at a free throw and me and DJ Wilkins were at half court and he was like yo Nordy look up at the big board and I turned around and it was like it had all my stats I was like what the heck? I had no idea I had that many assists or rebounds um it, but it was awesome those guys were loving it uh I couldn't have done obviously I couldn't have done it without them they uh, I, for some reason they just wanted to make everything that Everything uh, that night after I passed it to him. <laughs> That's so, not a bad, thing, though, right? No, it was it, 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 it was really well. Um, it, it felt really good.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, so you had had the injury at Evansville, obviously. Um, just reference that. So uh, walk us through or talk to us a little bit about the rest of the season. Um, how did you how did you integrate yourself into that team? I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, you were the leader on the team. Um, you know, even before the injury, obviously, but, uh, how did you, how'd you continue, I guess, your leadership when you couldn't really, obviously couldn't play and, um, you know, you couldn't let your actions, uh, on the court lead everybody.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I just tried to do my best to still have that voice in that locker room. Um, personally, it was like super tough time. Uh, when I battled some, some stuff mentally, Um, but I never wanted to let those guys see that. Uh, My job was to just to bring some energy, put smiles on their faces and and make them realize that it's still out there. The MVC championship is still out there and that is something they could still accomplish. And so I just did my best to have a voice in that locker room to keep them, keep them uh, focused and grinding each, each and every day. Um, And they, I mean, they, they came in that locker room with wide open ears. They listened and, they're just such a joy to be around. And that's, that was one of the things that, that that I struggled with is just being out there on the court with them because that team's special. Um, all the, every single one of those guys were special to me and built some great relationships with them. Um, but yeah, it was, I just try to do my part. Um, like everyone says, everybody has a, has a part in a, on a team and my, my role just changed halfway through the season, and instead of being on the court, my with my voice, I just had it in the locker room and on the sidelines.
1: So going through going through some of the recovery, what was what was your thought process on that? Where are you are you thinking? All right, here's the deal. I'm gonna continue to lead this team. We're having some success. I'm gonna rehab. I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get that sixth year. Or what, or what was what was your thought process with the with the recovery?
2: Yeah. So I found out early that it was going to be really slim, um, to get a, get a six year. I already played over the, the amount of games. Um, but it was one of those things where in my head, I just had to almost convince myself that I was going to get a six year, um, just to help with the rehab process to, to wake up and go to rehab and really grind out this recovery, um, Almost loved, played some games with my mind, you know, uh, being like I can be back out here next year and went back <laughs> to back uh, championships with this team and uh, really put Drake on the map. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of throughout the rehab process, just kind of grinded my way through it. Uh, it was my third one. So I kind of had a good base of how it was going to work out, how it was going to be the plan to get back to 100%. And finally got to that point. And we submitted the appeal, and uh, it was a battle. It went a couple months back and forth. Finally got to our final appeal. I think it was our third or fourth appeal. And uh, the final decision was a no. I
0: was just going to say that, that um, during that time, I can remember at, at, at least at least probably five or six times. Brian and I were talking, and we were like, "We, you, you know, we haven't heard about Nick yet, you know." And they, then we do some research, obviously online, and there wasn't a decision made. It's like, man, they are mm-hmm. just dragging this out too long. And so yeah. that 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 was probably a pretty tough time too, because you don't know if you're gonna be playing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next, obviously, you know, you were um, on the coaching staff, you know, Drake for a little bit. Um, How how was that? You know, how did that come about? Was that just more of of an easy transition for you? Um, Or did, you know, Darren kind of say, hey, we want you on the team?
2: Yeah, so actually when I committed uh, on my visit, that was one of the things like I had mentioned to them of I wanted to get into coaching and be a grad assistant at some point. And then after the season I was having, like halfway through it, I, I was like, you know, I might have to put the the grad assistant on hold. Uh, I think I have a lot of basketball left in me after this season. And shortly right after that, the injury happened. So it was kind of just a given. Um, you know, DeVries has been open arms with everything throughout this whole process, um, giving me plenty of opportunities to be a part of the team and the program. And so the time came to the appeal ha- uh, got denied, and the time came to be a full-time grad assistant. Um, and those that that coaching staff is unreal. It's they're so fun to be a part of. Uh, even though I was only there for, like, I guess, two months with them, I, I had already known a lot about them and the way they do business, and it was uh, it was really enjoyable to just spend those two months on that coaching staff.
1: But and then you were here this summer. The, were you here for a majority of the summer? How did that work? What did what did the off season look like for you? Yeah,
2: so I was here the whole summer. Um and at that time we were still thinking there's a possibility of the sixth year. So I was doing a little bit of GA stuff, but there wasn't a whole lot for me to do because I wasn't like it was still undecided. So I'd still go to the workouts and rehab and act as if i was a player i actually uh signed a lease with four other guys for a house and started living in the house thinking i was i was like all right there's actually some hope i might get this sixth year i'm gonna i was living in the house with the guys and uh when it got denied uh, it was in our best interest that i moved out so couldn't do that anymore
1: <laughs> yeah so you probably had to probably <laughs> had to at least act grown up a little bit right yeah like, all right all right it's
2: time, time for me to not be a player right so,
1: yeah. how, so how did that work then with Brady um making that adjustment to um for for you guys the GGS just kind of both just slide into that and say hey this is going to be pretty easy we obviously know a ton about basketball we know a ton about this program and the staff or uh, or what was that like for the two of you I imagine you guys were kind of kind of peas in a pod when it comes to that mm-hmm.
2: yeah we thought we knew a lot <laughs>
1: um
2: but there's a lot of stuff that goes into coaching that just um uh, a lot of time consuming and taxing and film film scouting cutting and practice planning recruiting that i just just thought it, it was a lot easier than what it was um so we were learning together we were in the same office uh we were we we're learning a lot from these coaches. They had us doing a lot of stuff um, to get us better at doing working with sports code and fat uh, um, uh, making plays on the computer. And it was it was a lot of fun learning. Uh, I didn't know. I thought I knew a lot more than what I did, but. Uh, glad I got to have that experience
1: yeah you kind of kind of take those take those guys for granted sometimes yeah. you know, work in the time much they put in but you definitely sure. you gain appreciation when you're when you're on the other side of it and um it's it's definitely different to uh from a preparation and from an in game and what you're able to do and the control you have so i'm sure I'm sure you took a lot from that experience and uh uh so how so how did it work then as far as Obviously, you're coaching. You're committed. You're committed to this team. You're doing you're doing your GA work, um, mm-hmm. but but then all of a sudden the uh, G League starts calling. How did how did that transition? and How did that work out for you?
2: Yeah, so when I uh, I did give it some thought, I talked to a couple of agents about playing overseas, and I basically said I still have a couple months until I'm fully cleared for my lay uh, for my ACL, and they're like, you probably won't get a good offer this year you probably would have to go around Christmas time. So I fully committed to the GA. I even told devries that I'm like, I'm going to stick this out for the year and uh, be committed to this, this grad assistant. And um, then all of a sudden I was back home. We went to Costa Rica for our foreign tour, which was a lot of fun. We came back. I went back home to Bloomington for my sister's wedding. And while I was there, I got a phone call and um, basically found out that there's interest from the Lakers and they wanted me to be a part of their G League team. And um, so then it was just like a back and forth uh, communication. I still had about two months, two, three months until I was cleared. And I kind of let them know about that, but they still were interested. And so when... Uh, and I had talked to the coaches throughout the whole process. And so they are very beneficial talking me through it on what I should do. And they said, if you have any desire to keep playing, you're going to regret not taking this chance. And you still have plenty of years left in you. And so when the talks started getting more serious, I uh, told the breeze and the coaching staff, like, Hey, I need to go back home and really focus on training and, see my parents before I head out. So I went back to Birmingham and trained for about a month. And uh, luckily one day the Lakers just, I I actually, I'll backtrack a little bit. I hired an agent, uh, Keith Kreider from Edge Sports. And uh, once I got Keith, the talks got a lot more serious uh, and uh, more to the point of what, what was about to happen. So he did a, a bulk of the work. Um, I just did my job by training and getting ready and just basically waited for a phone call. And uh, I talked with my agent almost every day. He's like, it should happen this week. It should happen this week. And then another week went by. And then all of a sudden, uh, it hit Monday. can't remember even the date. Um, but Monday, he's expecting a call and said hey i think it's going to go through today and uh you should be out this next week and so i finally got the call to go ahead it it became official they submitted my name and uh grabbed my rights on monday and i flew out tuesday and so it happened really fast
1: it had to be just such a surreal feeling to be like hey here's the deal like i'm joining the lakers organization Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it was. It was a dream come true. Um, when I first found out, I had a really special moment with my dad. Um, just all the work we put in together and this family, and the through the injuries and everything, it was really special. Just being able to tell tell my parents in person, and uh, all the hard work paid off, and that we were actually going to be, become a professional basketball player. So.
1: And interesting thing going to that organization and specifically that team, um, you're moving into uh, with quite a bit of NBA pedigree. Um, as I went through and took a quick look, it looked like we had uh, um, John Stockton's son playing mm-hmm. on the team, Gary Payton's yeah. son playing on the team, and then George Carl's son was the coach, correct? Yes, correct. So, uh, what, uh, what, uh, obviously, we'll dive into this in just a second. There's short, we're hoping for but what were what were you able to kind of learn or take and connections that you made uh uh while you were there with the organization
2: uh right when i stepped uh step foot here they they welcomed me with open arms um and one of the things i really wanted to focus on was learning um just learning from all these professionals because they've been doing it for a while they've had plenty of experience and uh just having open ears and an open mind of just working and uh, trying to get better at my craft so I could continue to move up and have a have a long career. And uh, these guys have been great. Uh, almost my entire roster has had NBA experience, uh, which was re- pretty cool. So I learned a lot from them. And, um, yeah, then just the injury happened, and it happened so fast.
0: Yeah, so I hate to I hate to be the one to, to ask you about that to, to, to make a read that, but uh, um, I guess that was probably it. I mean at least at least back here um, in Iowa, you know, probably one of those that we haven't haven't heard haven't heard much about. I mean, yeah, obviously obviously a lot of people know you got injured. Um, how, how did it happen? Um, you know, mm-hmm. what's uh, and then after that, just may you tell us what's next for what's next for Nick Norton.
2: Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I got here on a Tuesday night, super late, flew in about one in the morning and then I had to be up on Wednesday for all my testing and, uh, clinicals and all that stuff to get cleared to play. We had a back-to-back on a Thursday, Friday. I didn't play in the Thursday game. I did play minute or no, we had a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday, um, didn't play in the Wednesday game, played in the Thursday game. Uh, felt good. I think I played right under 20 minutes, maybe 17. Uh, felt, it just felt really good to be able to play basketball again in a, a live-action game. And I was really feeling good. I, the knee felt great. Uh, we, came, we traveled to Salt Lake City and um, came back on Friday had another game on Saturday against Memphis Hustle. Uh I got my first start. And uh so my my second game with them, I got my first start. Wow. Uh feeling good. Had a great warm up session. Uh you know, spoke to the crowd, welcomed the crowd. It was it's was like almost as if I was living a dream and it's just really special to me. And then um it was the second quarter. Uh, yeah, second quarter. I was on defense uh, guarding Dusty Hannons from the Memphis Hustle, and he just drove right uh, down the slot. And I kind of cut him. I went to cut him off and put my chest on him. And at the same time, when I, like, went to cut him off, uh, you know, the, these professionals are so good with body control he gave me a little bump right into my chest, which I expected. And just, it was like a natural defensive slide. And I just felt it in my knee. I didn't go down. I didn't, uh, act like anything happened, but I, in the, in my head, I knew there had been too many times where I went down and people had to come pick me up and walk me off the court. And I was like, I just refused to let that happen one more time. And, uh, just calmly walked over to the bench, and I, I looked at Coach Carl, and I was like, I need a sub right now, and uh, he was like, you, you all right, and I was like, no, it's my knee, and I just walked right right past the bench. I looked at the trainer, and the orth, the the orthopedic surgeon was actually right sitting right behind our bench. I was like, I need my knee looked at, and so we went to the locker room and the training room, and we had a pretty good feeling that it was torn, and but waited for the MRI, MRI results, and when they came back, it was exactly what we expected.
0: So was that the same one that you did at Drake?
2: Yes, left knee again. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Um, I just, you know, obviously, obviously, basketball seems like the, the ACL is, a, is a, you know, a common injury, I guess you might say. Um, and, you know, nowadays, people tear their ACL, and sometimes they're out for an entire year, sometimes even a year and a half. Um, I mean, looking back on that, do you think maybe you came back too early, or were you were you feeling good? I mean, you said that first game you played felt good. Um, yeah. What do you think? I guess looking back, I mean, hindsight hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But what are your thoughts there?
2: Um, no, I I, I felt good about it. You know, I uh, it was something I did not want to pass up. I thought to myself, this might be the only opportunity to, to uh, play professionally, and. When I got that call, I wasn't going to put it off any longer. I was going on 11 months of a, my ACL recovery, and I was like, I feel good enough to go play. And, uh, you know, I was just uh, – I fi- found out from the surgeon that um, my legs are naturally hyperextended 10 degrees, um, which can lead to more ACL injuries. Really? Yeah. And so it's It's nothing that I'm doing wrong or training wrong. It's just, uh, my body type really.
1: So that's (laughs) tough. I mean, obviously just sitting here going, going through and, um, you know, obviously just hearing your story and sharing the excitement with you and then obviously running into adversity. And I think the quote goes, adversity introduces a man to himself. And Mm so you've, you've definitely been through a lot of it. You've had a lot of highs and a, hot of, a lot of lows. For sure. Um, it seems like just kind of every time things start to get going, all of a sudden it kind of, it kind of, it kind of springs up and, and hits you with it. And so, so I guess where are you at now? What are you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the path? What's the goal? Um, yeah. Uh,
2: so I, I talked to my agent. I told him um, right when the injury happened, I told him and, I said, I, I just need the honest truth. What's about to happen. And, uh, he was like, you know, to be honest, you may be sent home within the week. Uh, and I was like, dang, I just got out here. It's been four days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but then I had a couple talks with the GM who's unreal. Uh, it's been super supportive. And then I had talks with this, uh, orthopedic surgeon and, uh, we basically put together a plan. Um, he did uh, basically four procedures in this last surgery. It took over six hours and um, you know, we, he came up with a plan. He basically took out a, a, a piece from my IT band and wrapped it around my knee for a, another protective layer and then drilled two cavities in there to help the hyperextension. And uh, the organization has kept me here. They want me to rehab and uh, recover here. We're on a, right now we're on a 12 month plan. We want a full 12 months uh, to fully recover. And then what's next is to be back and uh, to play for this organization. They have my rights for two years. Um, so that's where my, mind, my mind's at uh, each and every day, just getting better. I'm going to rehab for, four times a week now uh and just getting just getting ready to for the grind um yeah so oh man
0: i uh i mean i i think i can speak to brian too uh well you know just knowing a little bit about your story but now hearing everything about it um i mean just for me it's you know super motivating how you continue continue just uh just to pound on things man i mean, you know have those have those setbacks as we talked about you know those down times but you just you, you keep coming back and you know essentially mm-hmm. a positive attitude that you're going to continue with this thing so really really motivating um on my end there so that's uh it's awesome it's awesome um at the end of at the end of some podcasts I don't know if you've listened to and you're not but um we do what we call rapid fire where Brian's going to ask you a couple questions and you um all you really have to do is tell us the first thing you think of. All right. Sounds good.
1: Try to have a little fun here. Try to, uh, yeah, here go out on a pause have a little fun at the end. And right. So, uh, yeah, good. rapid fire. Let's uh, let's get it going here. Uh, first one for you is, and you talked a little bit about this earlier, but uh, best gym or arena that you've ever played in. Let's let's outside the nap center. We'd All need right. To, uh... We know how awesome the nap is
2: yeah for sure uh it would probably have to be north carolina uh just the history of it was unreal seeing all the banners up there the atmosphere was incredible
1: Dean dome yep good one there um favorite basketball shoe
2: that's a tough one uh really haven't found a good one if you guys know of a good one let me know
1: okay, <laughs> okay. so let so you uab were you guys at nike nike school or what yeah, were you guys down
2: there nike for two years under armor for two and then okay drake was adidas so i've been all over the place and all over the
1: place yeah. yeah you've been all over and still haven't still haven't landed on I, one i either, still huh?
2: haven't found like that's my go-to pair good okay yeah, still searching oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Well, you'll have to let us know if that ever, if you do find it, you'll have to let us know. I mean, yeah, for, for sure. uh, for some city league ball, we might, we might need to hook <laughs> in with it. For sure. Um, next one here. So who's your biggest rival? You've been all over, but who's your biggest rival? Ooh, tough.
2: Um, like a team or just, uh, like a,
1: yeah, yeah, like a team. Was it a team? Was it a high school team? Was it a team you played at UAB? Was
2: okay. Was it uh, a team at Drake. Uh, biggest rival probably Hickman. Uh, high school when I was in Columbia, there was just a, a battle. And um, my junior year, they had finally beat us after like going uh 25 I think we had 25 straight wins against them, and they finally beat us. And uh, there ended up being a brawl after Ooh, the game. Wow. Yeah, it was a it was a mess. It's actually on YouTube if you want to check it out.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I would say yeah. that definitely sounds like a heated rival. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it was it was heated for sure.
1: Good, good. Well, um, speaking of rivals and debates, the next one here for you, uh, who are you taking, LeBron or Jordan? Oh,
2: tough. Uh, I go back and forth all the time. Um, my generation, I would definitely say LeBron. Um, but the more I've gotten older and seen more clips of MJ, I, I wish I could see it uh, firsthand. But I, I got to go with what I've seen. So I, I got to go LeBron right now.
1: Hey, you're – I think you fit right in with us i feel like we kind of go back and forth i think yeah. our heart and our head are in different places so.
2: yeah exactly for sure
1: um okay so this next one <laughs> you gotta uh, clear the air a little bit so is it number two is it number 22 or is it number <laughs> 20 what, what 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 number are we dealing with here
2: Oh uh, dang um i'll probably have to say 22 um i won a state championship wearing 22 so i gotta I go with 22 see. yeah <laughs> But definitely a two. I got I guess a two's gotta be in there. Whatever.
1: What? however it works out. Yeah,
2: however it works. Two, twenty, whatever.
1: Uh so when you were you were introduced at Drake wearing number two, what what changed? How did it slide to twenty?
2: <laughs> so I had a talk with DeVries and um we were talking about the twins and uh, he said, one of the twins, Tremel Murphy, wears number two, and he's he's he has his heart set on two. <laughs> and I was like, hey, as long as he's coming, he can have whatever number he wants. <laughs> so I, he got number two, and I, I um, willingly went to 20. I had no problem with it as long as he came and helped us win championship. That's that's that's
1: that's a championship. Absolutely. That's kind of a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, no-brainer to me. For sure.
1: Because you probably you don't get one, you don't get the other. So you're like, Well, I'm I'm not an idiot here. I know I know how this math works.
2: Yeah. And Brady took twenty two, so I was like, hey, as long as everyone's coming with the, the number they want, hey, we're gonna be special. <laughs> we're gonna be all right.
1: Growing up were you a Bulls fan or, or who was your NBA team growing up?
2: Uh to be honest, it was wherever LeBron was at. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. I was a follower follower of LeBron.
1: Okay. Well, I like that. I like uh, the sound of that. But, uh, fit, so, finish this statement for me. If Derrick Rose doesn't tear his ACL. hmm Oh, I got to finish that? Yep. Um,
2: he'd be top five in the NBA, and Chicago Bulls would have an NBA championship.
1: Ooh. I like it. I like
2: yeah, it. For sure.
1: Um. Last one then here, Nick, finished finish uh, with what, uh, what was your best what, – what was the best thing about your time at Drake?
2: Uh, definitely the relationships, uh, players, coaching staff, all of them. Um, playing ball through the injury, the championship, every single relationship that I made while I was there was uh, – will last forever. And uh, I cherish those relationships
1: for sure. Good answer, and I lied. I got one more for you. What um what's your what's your favorite place to eat here in Des Moines? Oh,
2: favorite place. I would you know, I'm a coffee guy, so I gotta go with uh smoky Row. They have great food, great coffee, perfect combination.
1: Hey, that's a good answer. Good spot too. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great that's- spot. Yeah, great spot. Well, perfect. Hey, Nick, we really appreciate your time. Um, Obviously, we wish you the best of luck here on, on the recovery moving forward. Um, we'll, we'll definitely be watching we'll be keeping an eye out and uh, like I said wishing you the best and, 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 and thanks again we, re- we really do appreciate it
2: awesome I appreciate you guys thanks for having me and
0: to all of our listeners remember you can find us on social Facebook the Shooters Touch Instagram and Twitter at the Shooters Touch IA and if you like what you heard you know, we would really appreciate a five star rating wherever you get your podcast. and as always remember shooters Shoot